everybody. Thanks for listening to the Partner Perspective Pod. I'm Chris Happ, and on today's show, we dive in with Spencer Duvall, Vice President with Lockton Companies. Spencer has been a producer for the world's largest privately held insurance and risk management consulting firm for over 10 years. And in this conversation, he really brings an interesting perspective to the table on how recent economic events have affected the franchise restaurant space. He touches on the unique set of challenges facing his business from both a client interaction and service perspective. And he also gets into the key fundamentals that franchisees have to be paying attention to right now to ensure that their businesses and their employees are properly protected. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Hey everybody, we are back for another episode of Partner Perspective. I'm really excited to introduce our guest this week. Um, we've been super lucky to have a couple really great conversations over the last couple weeks um, from several different angles across the, uh, the restaurant and franchise space. Um, this week, I'm super excited to bring in uh, Spencer Duvall, who's a vice president with Lockton Companies. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Lockton is, um, is the world's largest privately held insurance and risk management consulting firm. We're very lucky to have them based here in Kansas City. Uh, so with, without further ado, Spencer, thanks for joining us and appreciate you uh, taking the time. Hey, Chris, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Of course, of course. So uh, why don't, um, if you wouldn't mind, let's start this way. Why don't you um, kind of give us a little background in your history with Lockton? I don't want to steal all your thunder. I want to let you introduce yourself. Uh, but okay. just a little background on your history with Lockton. And most importantly, why don't you tell us a little bit about how your business overlaps in the restaurant space? Um, and, and maybe even if you want, just get right into the sort of the restaurant implications, franchise implications of the uh, this pandemic that we're going through. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. And um, like you said, yeah, Lockton today is I think the eighth largest insurance broker in the world or the largest independently owned broker still controlled by the Lockton family. Um, you know, we actually just finished up our fiscal year at the end of April um, and approached the $2 billion mark in global revenues um, and nearly, you know, 10% growth year over year, which, you know, for an, a private company that, that grows mostly organically, it's, you know, continues to be an impressive feat in, in the growth of the growth um traction that we've had i think has kind of helped us as we've moved into what's really going to be a challenging year for our business and our clients business um you know i spend most of my time in the property casualty and employee benefit space um you know really working with them to create you know insurance programs or health and welfare programs um you know that that truly align with you know, their corporate goals and objectives, you know, both short-term and, and long-term. So um, as you mentioned, I've spent the majority of my career, which has been the last 10 years with a focus um, in the restaurant space. So, you know, I have a, a pretty decent cross-section of, of large restaurant operators, you know, both locally and nationally, uh, across all really segments of the business, whether that's QSR, fast casual, casual dining, fine dining. Right. Um, so I really, um, to your point, through this pandemic, have kind of seen 
um, the, the, the impact and the implication that it's had on the various segments um, and really been able to kind of help guide my clients with my, my teams to the extent we can to, to, to get them through this and to manage through this. So, I mean, if you think about, um, you know, like QSRs, um, you know, they've maybe been down, um, you know, anywhere from, let's say, call it 20 to 40% in year-over-year revenues. I mean, they still had, a, you know, the capability to do delivery. They had the infrastructure to do that. They have um, drive-through um, to a certain instance. Um, and a lot of their business before the pandemic, that's kind of what, what the bread and butter was. Um, so their challenges have been different. While they have had challenges, it's, it's not nearly what you've seen maybe from some of my, you know, call it fine dining clients where the majority of their business is people that are coming in and having that experience, sitting in their store, drinking, you know, the service component. I mean, that's really what you pay top dollar for. So right. in those instances, you know, they've seen anywhere between, you know, 80, hundred percent decline in sales where they've had to really kind of sh shutter their doors completely. So you've in, 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 and then you've got, you know, we've, we've got a, a pretty, uh, um, decent focus in the, in the pizza hut brand specifically to QSR. So, you know, some of my pizza hut clients who primarily have delivery carry out only locations, you know, their sales have been up to a certain extent on some of those locations because people have been really forced to do that delivery and, and, and take out component. Right. So I don't know. I think for me being in this space and how I have kind of been invested in it for quite a bit of time. And we have kind of this different viewpoint of, what different operators are doing and how they're kind of managing through it um, to the extent that they can. I think it's a, it's an interesting perspective that I've been able to see through this. Yeah, that's um, so that kind of leads right into my next uh, sort of my next thought. I mean, that perspective that you guys have, is it driven at all by sort of um, the private ownership of locked in? I mean, you know, I, that's a really unique idea, and I wonder if that gives you a separate, or not a separate, but more of a, it gives you a, a sort of a unique perspective on client service at a time like this. Yeah, I, it absolutely does. I, I think it goes to how our 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 model really operates, where, um, you know, because we're, we're we're privately owned, you know, the locked-in family has made a commitment to take less of. Um, less of a margin as say some of our, you know, larger publicly trade competitors, um, you know, and they, and they basically reinvested um, those, those dollars back into our business and to resources for our clients and our associates. And I think, um, and focus on culture rather than, you know, quarterly earnings. I think if you look at how, you know, I approach locked in in my business and how I, work with my clients. It's very similar to how a lot of the associates at Lockton and the teams do it, you know, the same way. I think they, they have a sense of responsibility and autonomy and the ability to go out and take care of clients and not have the, the impediments that maybe, you know, somebody would that does work for one of the, you know, the larger publics, because, you know, whether you're looking at expenses or, charging clients, you know, extra, whereas we're kind of on an all in fee type of, you know, approach where we don't charge for the extra services. When, when you take out all the red tape and impediments, right. what's left is an associate who ultimately the only thing that they're focused on 
is helping the client. Right. There's nothing else there. No one is going to get in their way of doing that. So if you think about in a pandemic when, you know, our businesses, our clients' businesses have been so affected, um, that ability to really step in, roll up your sleeves and help is, is, is more important than ever. Right. Um, you know, and we've had a, a lot of those conversations with our clients to help them, whether it's just from an insurance perspective and what are the implications of, um, you know, the, the risk part of, hey, we've got these premiums that we pay if our business is shut down, we do we, and we're not operating, do we continue to have to pull, pay that full freight or our exposures at, you know, at the beginning of our policy year were X because of projected revenues, but kind of had this bogey in their 50% down, you know, it's, it's a different risk. So we've been working closely with our carrier partners at, you know, working through that with our clients and figuring out is there, are there ways that we can, that we can kind of manage through that um, from a employee perspective, right? If you think about their, my, the restaurant workers health and well-being, you know, whether that's a work comp situation where they're get sick on the job, how does work comp respond? And is that on the employer? Um, if they get sick and they contract COVID, is it a typical, uh, benefit claim? Do they go to their, to the hospital and do their employee benefit their medical insurance? Does that, does that pay for it? And then how does short-term disability apply if they're out of the office for a certain period of time? And what if they want to go get tested? Is that covered by their insurance? So there's all these different, um, components of this that are impacting our business and it's constantly changing and evolving. We're really, I mean, daily on the phone with them, um, helping them navigate through it to the to the extent that we can. Primarily, I mean, they're focused on their business. They got to keep their doors open, right? Uh, so we don't want to overwhelm them, but also know that we're an important part of helping them through this. Whether it's pulling a lever um, from a financial perspective to tweak something in their plan or plan design or insurance program to save them money because cash flow is so important, or just keeping them up to speed on the different uh, nuances of, you know, uh, whether it's a compliance or, you know, a certain um, government guideline that's been issued. We want to make sure that they're in the know on that and they're not, they're not missing out on anything because right. we're not educating them. A lot of what ifs, right? Sounds to me like, I mean, a lot of what ifs, a lot of uh, yeah. maybe scenarios you haven't, <laughs> yes. you know, answers to all, all the scenarios, but a lot of scenarios that maybe you haven't faced before that you aren't necessarily accustomed to dealing with. Um, what are some of the toughest ones you're dealing with right now? I mean, yeah, day to day, what, what's the struggle? I mean, right, you have the company aspect of the whole thing, which is getting thousands of employees to communicate efficiently, maybe work remotely, there's all that. But you know, from a client perspective, what are you what are you facing that's the most difficult right now in terms of what your clients need, what they want out of you and, and where you're spending most of your time? Yeah, I think I, what you said about the unknown piece is probably the most challenging because it is unchartered territory. Yeah. Um, so there is no rule book or playbook that was established before this to tell you here's the right way to do it. So not being able to give your clients definitive answers is somewhat hard. And that right. is challenging because you always want to be able to tell them, Hey, here's the answer, but you don't necessarily know that it's the right answer. Uh, we know that we can give them the tools and resources that they need to hopefully be successful. We can look at best practice 
we can think about, hey, here's some of the things that our other clients are doing in the restaurant space to keep their employees or their customers safe. They're, it's, it's been effective. Here's how they're giving their people at the front of the, you know, of the house and the store in their own individual locations and stores, the tools and resources to, to be safe. Here's the guidelines that they've adapted and kind of across the board, you know, really that best practice of here's what the things that we're seeing that have been implemented that are having traction or having success and sharing that with all of our clients. I think they find that helpful. Right. Um, and I think, I, I, right. I mean, I, it, it, that, that's the biggest part is, is the uncharted territory piece. And I think as we look at people going back to work, uh, it's this next challenge that my clients are really facing and they're trying to think about how do they do it in the right way because they obviously need to get back and they need to get their businesses up and running again. But the unknown and the liabilities that are potentially out there associated with people contracting COVID or getting sick or negligence involved, let's say if they're not following the guidelines that have been issued by their local jurisdictions, um, because you know uh, an executive team or a brand can arm the, the store with, um, with as much you know, knowledge as they can and help and help them. But if the folks at the store level aren't following those guidelines, that's where you get into issues. And, you know, some of my smaller clients who have, you know, a few locations um, and have just continued to kind of operate their business in that way, that that's maybe a little bit easier to do because you can have that oversight. Right. But like you've seen Chris in this space, there's been so much consolidation and growth and, there's a lot of, of, of larger operators, you know, franchisees and franchisors, a hundred plus units, I mean, a thousand plus unit franchisees. So when you get spread geographically like that, there's challenges associated with how are you controlling, um, controlling the, the environment at the store level and making sure that people are making the right decisions. So yeah. I think, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, that's super important. I mean, at, and I think that I think that there's an idea there, right? Whether you're a two-store, five-store operator or a thousand-plus store operator, and everywhere in between, really, there's this idea about fundamentals, right? And we, you and I have talked about this before. And um, you know, ironically, this is a topic and a word that that has come up in almost every conversation I've had over the last two months. Mm -hmm. It's 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 kind of this idea that when times are bad right you can try to make you can try to fix everything or you can lean on the ideals that you know work the best right and and whether you're in sports whether you're in franchise ownership there are pillars and fundamentals that that can that will hold you up through times like this right so i guess what what are some of the fundamentals that you guys are seeing with with your clients um small or large right because i think you have both right. Um, yeah. What are those fundamentals that, that your clients are leaning on or that you're encouraging them to lean on in time like this to, um, to sort of kind of right the ship, if you will? Right. That's a, that's a great point. And, and you, you spoke to it, really. If, if you think about the fundamentals of, um, of the, the employees at the store level and yeah. having that leadership at the store level, you know, so important right now. Um, because even in a, a you know a, a, 
single digit operator or a hundred unit operator, you got to have that leadership at the store. Um, and you're seeing now, whether it's social distancing with the tables or temperature checking employees and, um, you know, how employees are, are, uh, or, or, you know, treating the food and preparing the food, um, or employees wearing masks, um, you know, how, how is that being enforced at, at, at the store? Uh, you know, those are, that's, that's really important. And, um, you, you, you really have to rely on that leadership there at the store level to, to make sure that all the things and all the decisions that you've made and all the time and effort you've put into getting your stores up and running again the right way that they're being followed. Um, because if they're not, then it only takes one incident and you've seen it with social media or just media in general, you know, one incident at a brand or in a, in a certain location can just blow up. Right. And then before your eyes, it gets traction. And then all of a sudden you've got a adverse publicity story, right? And it could hurt the brand, even if it's, you know, whether it's a franchisee or a franchisor. And then you also could just with just the own safety of your employees and your customers. Yeah. So, I mean, people's health in general is there, but also just there's so many different dynamics involved. If even just at one location, mistakes are made it's somewhat magnified, especially right now. Um, so I think as people get back to work, those fundamentals of those really good operators and having that leadership and being able to incentivize those folks at the store level to run those locations like they own them. That's where I've seen the really good operators um, that are well positioned to, to manage through this. And then obviously from a business perspective, I mean, if you think about the fundamentals of some of the different brands that have been investing in mobile ordering and, um, the, the, uh, uh, third party delivery, yep. uh, setting an infrastructure for that, just kind of knowing maybe that that's where the business is going a little bit, you know, smaller footprints actually in the restaurant and trying to drive mobile ordering and pickup and, and delivery. I think you probably saw in the news earlier that I think in, in California, it's gaining some traction where they're going to start limiting fees that some of these third party delivery companies right. can charge. So, you know, I think, you know, there was already this big push from a lot of my operators of trying to figure out how to use those types of uh, tools to their advantage to drive sales. Um, so I think that's helping those folks that made those investments before COVID. And probably what you'll see after COVID is a somewhat of a paradigm shift, I think, in how maybe a lot of these restaurants may operate. I totally Some are going to close, not reopen again. Some stores and brands might say, geez, why don't we cut our footprint in half? We've gotten pretty good at this delivery carryout model. Maybe we can continue that. Maybe it's more efficient. Uh, so you might see a little bit of a change going forward once we kind of get through this and how the restaurant business and industry might operate. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And we're having conversations on our side, at least from the development standpoint, every day yeah. about that, right? About yeah. Holy cow, my sales are through the through the roof right now, um, and I'm only doing I'm only operating through a drive-through, right? I'm pushing my brand X, Y, and Z, whatever the brand is, to entertain you know new prototypes that are two drive-throughs, less space in the dining room, right? And those are all conversations that are happening across multiple brands. I think um, obviously there are some brands out there that operate exclusively through drive-through, and they seem to be doing quite well right now, which is um, no secret, but Absolutely. yeah, I mean, and you get back you to, be a big 
Absolutely. Especially as you think about some of these brands that are just going through, you know, I know remodeling to a certain extent and maybe some development has put, been put on pause a little bit just because I think people are trying to wrap their arms around, right. Hey, where are we at right now? We need to kind of stabilize financially. I think in the last like three months, there's been something like $80 billion in losses in the restaurant industry. So it's just staggering numbers. Um, but to your point, there's probably be some creativity on the flip side of this, with which will fit well with what you guys are doing, just in terms of as we develop and remodel stores, what does that look like? And yeah. Is it a little bit different than maybe what it's, it's historically been? So that's been an exciting piece, you know, recently, I mean, obviously for us, trying to be uh, opportunistic, at least from our side of the business. When, as you guys look at employee protection, um, business protection, the insurance component here, what uh, let's wrap up with this. What are what are some of the opportunities that you see, um, and you're excited to talk to your clients with going about going forward here? You know, I, I I think for me, I've been excited about how our business has really been able to effectively manage through this. Yeah. You know, if you think about our industry, there's there's a very a big part of it is that personal connection with your clients, which has been a challenge for me personally. And I think it's always important just getting in front of clients and seeing them, talking to them about their business, hearing what their challenges are, the things that they're doing, the things that they're excited about. Um, uh, that's why I love doing what I do. Uh, so that has been hard for me not being able to do that as much. I mean, I've been trying to have conversations with my clients, whether on the phone, FaceTime, Zoom calls, Zoom meetings, so that's definitely been helpful. So it could potentially kind of change a little bit the way that we think about doing business too. Because primarily, you know, Chris, I'm on the road a lot. I'm going to see yep. clients. I have a lot of national clients that aren't in Kansas City. So, you know, to the extent that we do more video calls, that might kind of be a new normal. But, um, you know, I've been, ex I've been really excited about how our associates have been able to really adapt and be effective at home. Because that's such a shift from going, being in the office every day to being at home. And our people have challenges, personal challenges with kids at home or, you yep. know, working spouses and, you know, how do you take care of your clients and take care of your family? Right. And I think Lockton from a leadership perspective has done a great job at putting our people first and making sure that they're okay. And then how do they, how do we give them the tools and resources to help clients? And I really haven't seen a drop off in client service, which, and I haven't heard that from my clients. I think my clients have if anything, they've been saying, you guys are inundating us with information. Thank you. Stop. No, just, but you know, it's, we're just, we're kind of all over it, which I think has been great. And I think it's been a great opportunity for us to really showcase um, who we are outside of just a transactional broker. I mean, we talk about that a lot, even before all this was going on that, yep. you know, not just about an insurance renewal and a transaction policy or a quote. Now that's ultimately what we do. And that's what's most important is we have to be really, really good at the transaction, but there's so much more to it from a really just a business consultant perspective. So this has created, I think, an opportunity for us to step outside of just the insurance and start having more conversations around our clients' business and what are they doing from a safety perspective. We talked about return to work plans and what does that look like and you know, how can we kind of help them develop those, those return to work strategies and get their people back and make sure that they're safe and healthy and um, how they reopen their businesses effectively. I think, you know, those are all things that, that we're doing today. And it's, 
you know, having conversations with my clients and we're not even talking about insurance. Right. So I think for me, it's been a, it's been a really good opportunity to kind of step outside of that and get to know my clients a little bit better and have different types of conversations with my clients than I'm maybe used to having. I love that point. I think that is, um, I think that's so cool. I think you're totally right. I mean, that's, that's the group of, that, that's the group of, I mean, you don't even call them clients, right? The relationships, right? And yeah. so yes. that's the group that sticks with you through obviously good times, but more importantly sticks with you and understands that when you're calling, uh, when times are bad, you, you want to say, Hey man, what, hope you're doing well, hope your family's doing well. And you have that context and have those types of conversations. And like you're, like you said, and we're doing the same thing. I mean, we have phone calls every day where it's, we're not even talking about development or real estate. It's, it's when are you going to go drive around the country and maybe catch a vacation here with your family or yeah. those types of concepts. I love that point. I think that's great. I think Absolutely. you got a class at it. Yeah. Uh, that is a super, uh, super positive spin. And, and I, I think a great way, great place to leave off. I think super yeah. fascinating conversation. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for your partnership. I think, more yeah, importantly too. than anything else, your, your market insights here are super valuable and um, it just brings another, another cool angle to the people that are listening to this. And um, we certainly hope uh, as this evolves and as we keep in touch that, uh, you know, we'll be able to talk again here pretty soon. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I'm, I'm excited to hear some of the other conversations that you're having with other folks and kind of get their perspective on the things that they're seeing and the things that they're dealing with. So I appreciate you doing this and um, I'm, I'll, I'd love to come back and, and do it again, but I'm more excited about hearing some of the other conversations that you're having with people. Awesome. Excellent. All right, Spencer. Thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We really hope you enjoyed that interview with Lockton Vice President Spencer Duvall. As a reminder, we're hosted across every major podcast platform. And of course, don't forget to check us out on LinkedIn for more content including video clips from all of these interviews. Thanks for joining us on Partner Perspective.